Welcome to the iHealth Podcast, a podcast for you to relate to like-minded individuals discussing hot topics all related to rehab, fitness, and business. Brought to you by Iron Health from Westchester, New York. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, today we get to speak with Levon. He does a lot of stuff with running. He also has a thing called Ball Control Fitness. Uh, we get into details about kind of some of his struggles, his hard points that he had hit uh, throughout his fitness journey, uh, and kind of his way that he got into ball control fitness and what it really is. It's a great podcast. I definitely recommend listening all the way through. It has a lot of information that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Let's jump into it. Hey guys, um, this is uh, Dr. Jade from Iron Health Physical Therapy, and we're here with Levon Gilbert, who is an, kind of like a fitness expert in the Westchester area, who has an amazing story. He also has a company called Ball Control Fitness, or BCF Fitness, and we have him here as our guest today. How's it going, Levon? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I'm all right, man. You know, just uh, excited to have you on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, of it's course. Good. I know we've you know, known each other for a little bit now. We met in the gym and, uh, you know, we made quite a rapport with each other and very, you know, when I first met you, very cool to just see the th- different things you were doing, you know, in the gym, just very different from what a lot of people are doing. So, you know, Tom had to reach out and get you on the show. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So just, um, you know, to get a little bit of background information about yourself, um, just real quick, you know, where are you from and sure. what kind of, you know, what brings you to where you are right now? Sure. Well, I'm originally from a suburb of Chicago called Bellwood. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up there, left Chicago for college, went to the University of Michigan go in blue. Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah, go blue. Um, kind of was, you know, into sports uh, most of my life throughout, like, high school. Played baseball, played football. Had an opportunity to go to the next level on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. like Division Two, Division Three for football. Right. But I chose to focus on academics and just um, study strictly at the University of Michigan. So from there... There, I graduated, moved back to Chicago, started a job in banking. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I was bored out of my mind. Right. I always had an interest in the entertainment industry, and that started back when I was watching uh, the Star Wars movies. No way, so that's cool. It always was in my head, like, you know what? I'm young, I don't have a family. Quit the banking job, moved to LA, much to my parents' dismay. Um, but, you know, I wanted to experience it, try it out. But I wanted to be on the business side of things in entertainment. It was not about my being in front of the camera. Actually, I wanted to produce film. So, moved out to LA. Uh, that was what, uh, right after the riots, so a long time ago, 1993. Mm-hmm. So, I was in LA for a number of years, did some talent management, story development. I worked with a woman named Suzanne. And DePass, who um, found the Jackson 5, Lionel Richie's uh, solo career, long history. So anyway, worked worked there, left um, Suzanne, moved over to Virgin Records and handled their internal operations for about, I think it was two years, about two okay. years. And I kind of got the itch to retool uh, my toolkit, if you will, mm-hmm. as far as my very functional skills, because I was really trying to build up my creative side of, of, of my brain. Right. Because um, 
it was it was pretty foreign to me to kind of work in that environment. But what I realized was my functional skills, accounting, finance, etc., had gotten rusty because okay. I wasn't using them. So I decided to go back to business school, and mm-hmm. I went back to Ann Arbor uh, to get my MBA. Um, once I finished, I moved back to LA and ended up working for Disney. Once again, on the business side of things, right. I was in their internet group for about a year and a half before leaving them to move into real estate, which I did for almost 20 years in Los Angeles. Wow, very cool. So you've yeah. pretty much done a lot of different industries, you know, kind of working around. Well, I, I kind of followed my interest. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. So that's really oh, very cool. Know, it, it was it was good. It was good while it lasted. I got to tell you, once I transitioned from entertainment to real estate, I didn't miss the entertainment side. Oh, really? People in real estate kept saying, "Hey, you know, you were involved with all these people. You met Janet Jackson. You met these stars, etc." Do you miss it? I was like, no. <laughs> My focus now is to move forward, and that's essentially what I was doing in real estate. I looked for properties that were in disrepair. Mm-hmm. I went in, acquired them, um, had a vision for them, changed them, rehabbed them, either rented them up and kept them in a portfolio, or once we finished the rehab, sold them off. Wow, very cool. So yeah. in terms of just, you know, how you got to, you know, around here in New York, I know you've been doing, you know, you've been in the fitness realm for a decent amount of time. You kind of said before that at a, at a time you were considering going and playing some college ball at some, you know, D2 schools, ultimately going into academics instead. Um, you've been, again, pretty relevant in this, you know, fitness kind of industry. What was kind of your background in terms of going from football and then to where you are right now, where, you know, you're doing these different kind of exercises and routines. Can you kind of talk about the evolution of your fitness? Sure. Well, I, I guess it, it always leans back to the things that I did in terms of my football background. Yeah. Because even back when I was in LA, people would see me in, in a gym, um, I worked out at Gold's Gym in Los Angeles, and so they had a, um, a fitness area where you could do dance, you could do uh, group classes, etc. So in between those classes, I would go in there and do a lot of the movements that we used to do when I played football. Right. And so people would come up to me, you know, because I'm an older guy, you know, I'm not like, you know, a 20-year-old or something like that. And they'd be like, you know, did you play? Or so I go, yeah, I did. And so my development of the routines that I enjoyed back then mm-hmm. brought me to where I am right now. I love to do things that are that are dynamic, that are explosive. So it's just kind of been an evolution of the sorts of things that I was doing for years while I was younger. And um, I know we've also talked before that you've had a history, you know, with back pain. Obviously, back pain is, you know, very prevalent in the athletic community. And it sometimes almost hinders someone, not just physically, but also, you know, psychologically and emotionally. And, you know, with you, I I know, you know, we talked maybe about a month ago, you were running marathons after having this pretty extensive, you know, bout of back pain. So if you can just tell us, you know, how, you know, how your back pain started, you know, how you've overcome that obstacle and how you're, you know, in such great shape at, you know, at this age right now. Well, thank you. <laughs> so it made it started a long time ago. I, I clearly remember the first day that I felt something that was 
not right. right. It was 1991. I went down to Indianapolis with my roommates. We went down for the final four. Mm-hmm. So as we were waiting for the games to start, we were walking through this kind of like pavil- outdoor pavilion atrium. They had the Indy cars out. So, you know, you're just milling around waiting for the evening games to start. Mm-hmm. So I walk off of this platform. I just kind of stepped down. It was only maybe about two feet high. Right. Nothing crazy. I stepped down and I'm like, ooh, something doesn't quite feel right. So from that point on, I felt something that just, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. So left, graduated, went to Chicago to start right. my job, yet I was still feeling this discomfort. So finally, you know, I go to see a doctor, you know, I have health insurance, all that good stuff. <laughs> so I go to see a doctor, we do uh, an MRI, you know, x-ray, all, the, all these things, puts me through all these tests. And he basically says, you have the back of a 70 year old man. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, well, you have spinal stenosis, which he was talking about, which was the narrowing right. of the canal. Right. Um, what else did he tell me I had? I had a bulging disc mm-hmm. in the L4, L5 area. Right. And I'm like, wow. He's like, yeah, but it doesn't really hinder anything that you're doing, right? You're just uncomfortable right. at times. And exactly, like, exactly. Well, yeah. And he said, well, let me give you this sheet of <laughs> stretches and exercises that you can do, and we'll schedule you for some physical therapy as well. Okay. So that's really, I got to tell you, the real start of my wanting to be active again after leaving college. How old were you at the time? I was probably 22. So you were super so was young. young. Yeah. yeah. And they so, say you had a back of a 70 year old when you're 22. Exactly. So it was pretty yeah. surprising to me. I, yeah. So he's basically was like, you know, avoid things that create serious discomfort. And for me, the trigger points are standing for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of joked with him, I guess my amusement park days are over <laughs> because my family, we used to like to go to amusement parks, okay. but the lines were just out brutal, you know, crazy. So anytime I would stand or do slow motion mm-hmm. is when I would really start to be uncomfortable. And it was on my right, my right side right so from doing the physical therapy working off of the exercises that the doctor gave me that's when I really started to get into being active again you know post-college every day Mm -hmm. because I just felt so much better right if I didn't loosen myself up or exercise in some way I was I was an irritable person I I think the same that's very important I think a lot of people that you know have back pain or maybe any kind of issue related to it they shy away from being active right they shy away from you know doing those stretches maybe doing some core activity but I think you know you said it best like you know if you don't do these things you actually feel a lot worse oh I feel so much better fast motion was the key for me Mm -hmm. People would be surprised. Like my father would be like, "Why are you out running if you have all these like back, back issues?" Right? I'm like, "Dad, fast motion is what helps me. Doing things slow mm-hmm. or walking slowly." That's when I'm just very uncomfortable. Right. So I mean, it's the same thing to this day. But like I said, I mean, maybe it was a, a good thing in terms. Well, back then it was a good thing in terms of my being active and being, you know, taking care of myself from an active standpoint. Yeah. So that was the beginning. Um, Got to tell you, there have been, you know, flare-ups along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a major one, was it 2017? 
that one was pretty bad. And I, I think I met you maybe a year after that. Yeah, I think we met around 2018. Yeah, yeah at that time. After that. So in 2017, I helped my brother move from DeKalb, Illinois. He was a professor at Northern Illinois University. Mm -hmm. He got a new job as a professor up in Minneapolis. Right. So I flew out from New York to help him move. I right. said, yeah, I'll help you move. Normally, I don't help people move <laughs> because of, of my back, right? Right, of course. Um, so I, I've done all these different things, you know, like some pretty intense workouts, some, like you said, marathons, etc. Right. And here I go to help someone move. And I really screwed up my back. And the whole thing was my brother hired professional movers, but he didn't prep properly. Right. So there was a lot of still like packing up things, moving things around to be ready for the movers to mm -hmm. come in the next morning. So yeah, normally I'm very careful and deliberate in all of my movements and motions, but I guess in the heat of the moment, I just started kind of being careless. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Um, and there were kind of like warning signs, but kind of when you're tired, that's when you lose the discipline. Oh yeah. And I really try to have it. And normally I do, but in this instance, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And to make things worse, when I finished moving him, <laughs> plus I slept on the floor in his new apartment for two days. That didn't help me out oh, at man, all. Yeah. So I come back to New York and we're in the middle of renovating our basement here in my plains. Okay. So I should have taken some time off and listened to my body, which normally I do, <laughs> but we had all these deadlines and like other contractors lined up. So there was a piece of the puzzle that I was to finish, right. which was drywall sheetrock. Mm -hmm. Well, I got right back into it without letting my body like fully recover. recover. Yeah. And I just made things worse. So much so to the point where I had a problem walking one block. Wow. I couldn't walk. Like, I went into Manhattan to have dinner with some friends, and we finish our dinner. I get up, you know, to walk to Grand Central Station from the restaurant, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I, I'm, I can't walk. And they're like, what? what? Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm feeling this pain radiating, you know, down my air. left thigh. Right. It was so tight, and I would see. I don't know. Someone told me I have a high threshold for pain, which mm -hmm. is probably how I got to this point. But um, it felt like something was going to snap. So it didn't quite. I feel like it was painful. Right. It more felt like it was just. I was incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I realized, okay, I gotta. I have to see someone. I, you know what? I think I'd already made my appointment for a doctor, but it took two weeks for me to get in to see this orthopedic. Wow. Okay. Um, finally, I get in to see him having all these issues, <laughs> we, you know, schedule the MRI. Okay. Results are pretty similar to what they were back in 1991, except now I have arthritis and right. sciatica. <laughs> so we add those into the mix. Okay. And, um, you know, I think what he prescribed prednisone, which I really didn't want to take. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, if physical therapy doesn't help you here, we can schedule you for an epidural. Right. Work through some physical therapy. It really wasn't helping me. The prednisone didn't help me. Mm -hmm. I just was like, God, this is bad. Cause I love being active and yeah. I just couldn't be as active as I was. Of course. So I do the epidural. How'd it go? That didn't help. <laughs> didn't help at waited, all? Waited, you know, they, everyone kept saying, you know, be patient, you know, yeah. give it time, give it time. I think I, you know, waited a month. 
nothing. There was nothing. So I go back and the doctor was like, well, we can do a second one. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's that going to do for me? He goes, well, I can't guarantee you anything. I'm like, look, if you tell me right now, I'm going to feel better and I can be 80% of where I was before we can go in the room next door right now. You can do it. <laughs> and he was like, I, I can't tell you that. And I was like, you know what? Then I'm not going to do it. Right. Plus, uh, my out of pocket was almost a thousand dollars with my insurance. So right. I'm like, why am I going to do this? Yeah, let's, yeah. So anyway, that's when I realized I needed to take some, you know, take my health really into my own hands. Right. Um, to do, and so I decided to do some research in terms of trying to figure some things out for myself because I didn't feel like the answer was just. You know, get another shot. Get another shot. That's take more this other drug, right? Because it that just didn't sound right to me. So I wanted to kind of really take matters into my own hands. So what were, what were the type of things you're doing? I know that you know you you were talking about even things that's not just stretching, and exercising, but also you know changing your diet and just lifestyle you know modification. So can you talk about kind of things that you did to just offload that back and just let it time to give it? Well, go? the first thing I did was I went to Google. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm going to a doctor, right? Um, you know, I watched a number of YouTube videos, read up on a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, I realized one of the things that I was trying to do with some of the movements in physical therapy was uh, a lot of the movements were similar to what they were doing in Pilates. Right. So I ordered a Pilates anatomy book, <laughs> started reading through there, yeah. um, just so I could understand more why I was being put in these positions and what it was supposed to really accomplish. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the first things that I did. Um, like I said, I was looking at different YouTube videos and I came across this guy up in Canada, a former hockey player, and he had all these back issues. And as I was listening to him, I'm like, wow, it sounds like he had a lot of what I'm feeling and what I have documented here because he, you know, posted the, his MRI report. And maybe it was because he was a very physical guy before and in playing sports, etc. Right. And who knows, that could be some of my issue. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I really took to heart some of the things he was talking about. And one video in particular that he had up was about an inversion table. And I had heard about inversion tables before, you know, the late night infomercials, you know, <laughs> and guy, he had one of those like, you know, it's super expensive. And so I had it on in my home office and, right. and I'm like working my computer and like listening to the infomercial. So it was in my head. Yeah. So the guy, uh, the hockey player, he starts demoing what he was doing as far as the inversion table, using it on different angles and progressing to being, you know, completely upside down. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how that really alleviated some of his back pain. Okay. And I said, okay, I'm in. Amazon, you know, let me order yeah, something, yeah. get it here quickly. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things that I had like in the works. The other thing he talked about was really keeping pressure off of your back right. throughout the day, keeping pressure off the disc. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, I do have slight moments where I, I, I have some, you know, the pain is alleviated, right? Maybe mm -hmm. from some stretching, etc. Right. Advil that I've taken, but then it comes back in the day. And I'm like, so what am I, what am I doing here? And that's part of what he talked about was really assessing every little thing that you do. Mm -hmm. So one thing I was, I didn't really completely think about was sitting at my desk, you know, working the pressure that I was putting in my lower back right. 
just you know sitting there, I'm like, okay, let's not do this. His recommendation was lie on the floor, put a pillow just under your chest here, mm-hmm. and I, I started doing that. So as I was working every day in my office, I was on the floor with on my computer, MacBook yeah. in front of me, and that's how I worked for, gosh, I don't even remember how long. But I tried to make sure that you know, I was very aware of anything that was going to have any sort of downward pressure. So when I would go to the gym, I never did any sort of overhead right. motion where mm-hmm. the weight was, you know, adding to weight on my lower back. I also moved to working with a roller bag in terms of just moving around. So if I had anything to carry, no more backpacks, no more shoulder straps. So I just wanted to make sure that there was nothing extra that that was adding that, that right. pressure. So it's really like almost like you said, like a kind of lifestyle modification. You had to kind of change the way you think things on a daily basis because that was what's putting extra pressure on your back. True. Plus, I looked at my diet. Yeah. Um, I moved to more of an anti-inflammatory diet, so I cut out dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, no red meats. Um, I actually added in. I started doing some research on some natural, you know. And organic supplements. Right. So, uh, turmeric I added in every morning. Um, Boswellia, uh, fish oil, a number of other things yeah. that I was, you know, taking every day because I didn't want to pop an Advil and oh, yeah. all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Um, and I think that just overall, over time. Letting things calm down is really what was key. And if you ask me, how long did it take? It, it could have been a good six to eight months. Took a lot of time, of, right? Of, yeah. Yeah. And I was very cautious with my movements. I really enjoyed running. And I, you know, the one orthopedic I saw, he was like, well, you know, you're getting older. I think your running days might be behind you. And I'm like, let's hope not. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't running throughout the time that I was really feeling um, the back All those pain. issues. Yep. Um, but I, I always had it in my mind, like, you know, I want to get back. I want to mm-hmm. run another marathon. I want to do this. I want to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just I took it slow. Yeah. I really did. So what was the progression pretty much from like, okay, I'm starting to be a little more pain-free now. I know my body's limitations, but at the same time, you know, I want to keep progressing to a point where I'm active again. Um, so what was that progression from? Again, pretty much you being, okay, I'm over this back issue. Now let's ramp it up to where I'm active again. I'm getting moving and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Well, every day, okay, I would wake up and be in just so uncomfortable. I mean, like I didn't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to my wife. I didn't want to walk my dogs because I was so like uncomfortable just waking up. So every morning I would just kind of slowly do just just general movements, just moving myself along, bending over slightly, right. doing some modest stretching, and all that was just to warm myself up to get up. go outside, right. right, to walk the dogs. So I would say that would take me maybe 30 minutes. Also use the heating pad first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that one. That was, that was a key <laughs> thing. Um, yeah. So I, I wasn't using liquid heat at that time, but right. the heating pad was definitely part of the regimen. Okay. Um, after I was feeling a little better, this is still in the morning, I would go to the inversion table. I would do um, like a minute, a minute and a half. I would progress till I could like be upside down for like three minutes and just 
feel at ease. <laughs> it felt so much better to just have, you know, that pressure off of the lower back. So I would do it for three minutes, gradually pull myself up so the blood doesn't rush back. Of course. You know, to, mm -hmm. to, into the body. And I would probably wait like 30 seconds before I would do another three another minutes. Round. So mm -hmm. I would do that for about 10 minutes. And then one of the things, um, I think his name, the hockey player, Remy, I think mm -hmm. that was his name. Um, he suggested don't immediately leave from your inversion table session and just start going running around and putting that pressure, pressure back, back on. on your body. What I would do after doing the inversion table for about 10 minutes is I would just lie flat on the floor on my back for another like three minutes and just be at peace and just be <laughs> calm. And then I would start my day. And I would repeat that with the inversion table in the evening. Oh, so okay. I would do it twice a day. Mm -hmm. So that was that was really my, my regimen. I think I did that for the entire six like months. Six months. Now, fortunately for me, I could work from home. I work from home. I mean, you know, I guess if someone else were to do it, they would just have to get up earlier to do it. To do that. But yeah, uh, yeah that was that was very key for me to being functional and being able to move without complete discomfort through through the day. Okay. So that's that's really what I was doing. So I think it was a combination of all of the all of these things. So mm -hmm. the change in the diet. Not that I had a bad diet. But I just wanted it to be extra clean. Right. No alcohol, like I said, mm -hmm. to cut out the dairy, the red meats were gone, uh, didn't have you know bread that, that much really. My wife was always like, why do we not have any bread in the house? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not buying bread. If I'm going to the grocery store, I'm not bringing it in here. So, you know, sugar was pretty non-existent no yeah. candy no sweets nothing like that okay so because i was i was serious i was like i do not want to go back to where i was yeah because i just felt so limited and for the first time in my life while i had that real back issue mm -hmm. it gave me a greater appreciation for some people older people i would see walking in i'm gonna say um in a way that you knew something was, was wrong. wrong. Yeah. Like you couldn't figure out what it was, you know, like maybe they had a limp, maybe they were skewed to one side or they were hunched over. Before I would just, you know, Whatever, go on about yeah. my day. I'm in a hurry, I'm busy, I gotta go here, I gotta get there. But I, it gave me pause to understand that you don't know what's going on in their body. You right. have no idea. Right. Just like no one had no one knows. You. Yeah. Right. So like when you would see me in the gym, when you saw me working out, you had no idea that I had all these issues. I had no idea, man. So that was another thing at my other gym. People started to come up to me like, I heard you had a back problem. I heard you had a torn meniscus. I heard you that you because the way that I was moving, you would never know. Right. And yeah. so they wanted to know, well, what did you do? Mm -hmm. How can I get to that point? So yeah. that kind of led me, I, mean, I hope I'm not jumping the no, gun, go that kind of led me into wanting to work with people okay. and train with people. I always had people who were somewhat interested in some of the workouts that I was doing, but I was always on a, on a very tight schedule. Oh, yeah. So just squeezing my workout in was a challenge. So for me to then have time <laughs> to explain it to someone else or have them join me, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't interested in that because I had to get to the next appointment. Of course. But yeah. like I said, I had to slow myself down when I had the back issue and maybe it was meant to be, yeah. you know, to get me to, to kind of this point because I do enjoy talking about it and working with people when there is that genuine interest there. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, when we uh, kind of going back to court, when we first met in the gym, 
you're moving fantastic, man. You're moving better than you know kids, like people like half your age. And oh, thank to you. even to even <laughs> to even know that you had such a you know such a detrimental back injury, almost like twice, and a lot maybe a lot worse this time around, is uh, something that a lot of people are, you know can really connect to. There's a lot of people just in the general population that have this issue, and they want to get back to what they're doing, you know, pain free. But just from your story, again, you've you've modified so much of your life that you're able to get back to again running marathons and you know doing dynamic movements in the gym so it, i think it's it's something that you know connects well with people but at the same time there's so much sacrifice and so much time and research that went into you know your story which i can really you know appreciate well just you know as we age yeah we'll find out as you get older right there's there's constant changes and modifications that have to be made just like right now i'm having to change sure. how i'm doing a couple of things like you know, it, 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 it helps to go back to refresh your mind on, well, why am I feeling like this? Or what did I do back then to alleviate X mm -hmm. to get to Y? Right. So I got to say that knowing that we were going to have this conversation, it helped me look back on some of the things that I did in the past. Because to be honest with you, the last like week, I've been waking up and I've been incredibly stiff. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, this sucks. I'm like, gosh, what is going on? And I had to go back to sleeping in a certain way on my side right. because I moved into the habit because I was somewhat comfortable for sleeping good? on my stomach mm -hmm. but I'd wake up in the morning and I was like oh <laughs> You're God, sick. this yeah yeah and so it would affect my workout because I just couldn't get loose mm -hmm. and next thing I know like you know the time for my workout is over and I and I still don't feel like I want to feel I'm not loose so I had to back backtrack you know look at my steps and say okay well what what am I doing differently or what should I be doing Right. And so, like, for example, last night, I made sure, of, you know, I was sleeping in the correct positions, yeah. if you will. So this morning I woke up and I felt, I felt pretty good. Hey, that's a good thing, man. That's a good <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, but I mean, you have to go back and kind of, you know, look over things and see, you know, what worked or what, what did you do that changed? Has your diet changed? Are you... Um, you know, do you have a new pillow, mattress? Right. What, what's changed to get you to this point of not being comfortable or right. being, being in pain, if you will? No, that no, and it makes I'm constantly sense. thinking about this stuff. I mean, I wish I didn't have to, but I feel fortunate that I'm able to move and do the things that I do, and I, I, I tell people that that you know, don't take it for granted that you're able body it, to be able to go out and be active do it while you can. My thing is I want to be as active as I possibly can for as long as I can. Right. Because one of the things that like, here's a memory that, you know, I think about my first Chicago marathon, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, oh, man, I'm moving pretty good. I'm not fast. I just wanted to complete it. I wanted to finish it. We can right. talk about the running aspect, you know, in more detail if you'd like. Right. But, um, I'm running, I'm at mile 17 and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I'm doing pretty well. And I come up on this older woman. I, I kid you, she's in her seventies. And she's moving so well. Now I passed her, but I was just, I was amazed. Cause right. again, this is my first marathon. And I'm, you know, it just stuck with me like this lady's in her seventies and she's doing all this. Yeah. <laughs> so I finish, I'm in Grant Park, you know, afterwards and, and I see her. I went up to her and I said, you know, I gotta tell you, I was just impressed. Maybe you're not as fast as you used to be, but if you enjoy it, still try, to, still try, try to, do to do it. it. Yeah. You know, that's the way I look at it. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I, I'll never go back there, but 
I take what I can get right now. Yeah. And I'm still running and enjoying. That's so. awesome. So I think too, I mean, how is, again, how is the back issue and how is everything that you've kind of just done over the past couple, you know, recent years, how has that modified your, like your workout regimen? Well, I gotta tell you, I, I'm pretty cautious mm -hmm. at the beginning. Um, I have to warm myself up appropriately. Um, and you may say, well, what is that? It depends on the day. Depends on how I wake right. up and get out right. of bed, honestly. But uh, I'm not, at my age, I'm not a fan of the, you can do everything in 20 minutes. No, it takes me 20 minutes to warm, to warm up, up effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure I'm feeling right before I try to do some of the movements that I enjoy and that I find results in, right. or results with. So um, I guess the thing is to really listen to your body. Right. Uh, I had an orthopedic in Los Angeles when I tore, and I had a meniscus tear the first time. His thing was, listen to your body and I didn't the first time and I went out running I tried to run too soon and I didn't have the my stride was off I was over overcompensating for the for the knee for the meniscus. For the tear right and stupid me I'm doing sprints in a park and I tear my quad oh, <laughs> yeah I'm like running 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 and then it was like someone a sniper Shot boom, man. And I went down like in the field, like shot. it was actually kind of funny. Everyone kept running, came yeah. running over to me, like, Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, No, no. And the thing was, I had to walk two miles home because oh, I, I didn't have my phone with me to call my wife to come pick me up, right? But anyway, that's a hard lesson to learn. It is so now as I'm doing things, and as you mentioned, I love moving fast and I love doing dynamic movements, explosive movements. I make sure that I'm in the right place, both mentally and physically warm and loose before I attempt those sorts of those sort of yeah. movements. Um, so I ramp myself up to get there, and mm -hmm. it's different for everyone. I would just say, go slow to get there. Eventually, I think you'll get there. Yeah, that's I what I try to tell people because, like, some of the things that I that I do when I work with people on, they want to immediately do it as fast as I'm doing it. And I'm like, well, let's create the foundation. Let's create the base first because you may not be ready for something like that. And we don't want to have an injury. And I think this is actually a great kind of, you know, you mentioning all these aspects of being ready and moving the right way before increasing the speed or increasing intensity. I think it's a great segue into, you know, what your recent project is, which is, you know, the B BCF Fitness, your ball control fitness. Um, can you kind of tell us about like, you know, what was the idea behind it? And, um, you know, what are some of the movements? Because, you know, I'm seeing you on your social media social media page it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive man how Thank you. you're moving this ball and you're so coordinated but at the same time everything your know, technique looks so sound so again just kind of talk about you know the idea behind this and you know the foundation and sure. why you're doing this pretty much sure sure yeah. so I got the idea I was actually bored <laughs> okay at, at, at one point so um, I was my wife and I we went down to Costa Rica to do a half marathon one of our first marathon or half marathon trips out of the country cool so um, after the marathon you know we're relaxing but I still wanted to work out so we go to the hotel's gym they had like no weights nothing mm -hmm. they had a lot of cardio stuff but I wasn't interested in doing cardio stuff after doing all this running of course so they had a number of balls of varying sizes and weights in the fitness room so 
you go over to them, just kind of started manipulating them, tossing them, playing with them. And over the course of the three days we were at that hotel, I just started creating different movements with them. And I really enjoyed it. I actually looked forward to it because it was different. Right. So I get back to, we lived in LA. I get back to LA and I go to different sporting goods stores. Nobody has this stuff. And I'm like, this is weird. So I'm looking online, really not seeing it. And I'm like, really, you know, I tell you, I was really into it. So I'm on the hunt to kind of find these sorts of weighted balls. Right. And I ended up um, finding a group out of China that, that had some. So I ordered them and them shipped to me. And so I just started doing workouts with uh, weighted balls. Mm -hmm. And that's really how, how things got started. Okay. And people would see me, you know, using them and they're like, what is that? What workout is that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's my own. Like, you know, I developed this, I created these movements and routines. And they're like, that's pretty cool. Da, 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 da. But, you know, so it was just something I was doing, and I always got a lot of people asking me about it. Yeah. So uh, I moved here. Um, I think we moved in 2014, and so again, I was doing my fitness ball routines. And by the way, when I would travel to different cities, the great thing about the ball is it's portable. It comes with you. I would just put it in my bag. Yeah. Take it with me. Do it in different cities. Mm -hmm. And I gotta tell you, it, all the different places I would go. I would look around, nobody was doing it, right? So yeah. um, eventually I got to the point of uh, people kept asking me about it and I started to work with them. Started to work with yeah. different people using the ball. Um, again, you have to be patient at the beginning to understand and just get a feel for it mm -hmm. because if you're launching it in the air, too quickly and too rapidly, you run the risk of, of, of injury. Oh yeah, for sure. So. Just like kind of with any kind of newer movement, you yeah. want to get the basic sound before you start increasing the intensity. Yeah. For and sure. I got to tell you, from all of the different workouts I had done over you know the course of my life, I was seeing such results by using the fitness ball, right? the weighted ball. Mm -hmm. um, and plus it was a lot of fun. Or it is a lot of fun. No, it looks it's like a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely you know not your you know conventional kind of you know lifting, but I think now in this day you know this age of COVID, it's kind of hard to get that kind of you know done anyway. Going to a gym, you're not sure you know what the restrictions are if you even get a spot. So well, I think the, the ball is great. Thing about it is, I mean, whether you're you know whether it's a kid. A senior, mm -hmm. middle-aged person, young person, athlete, uh, uh, just a casual, you know, workout person, you can get a great workout from it. Right. I mean, it really helps develop the mind-body connection, right? Hand-eye coordination. So, for I've worked with a, a couple of athletes using it, and it's great for them in terms of. The, the hand speed transition. So there was a baseball player I worked with um, and he absolutely loved it because of the hand speed transition, getting the ball out of the glove quickly. That's mm -hmm. something that's, you know, very important. Bending over and being able to connect and keep an eye on the ball, but, you know, also have a view of the field. So we had a lot of fun just, you know, doing a lot of different movements. Right. With I, it, so. I remember we had a workout, um, you know, earlier this summer where, you know, you invited me to actually, you know, do a couple things with the ball and had an exercise and I'm telling you man it was it was challenging in terms of just well not just well me me because I was a little out of shape because of quarantine but it was just challenging in general just because it's just such a different way of of working out I mean 
you're thinking about, like I said, coordination while, let's say, we're doing a agility ladder at the same time. So I'm trying to make sure the ball isn't falling. And <laughs> right. at the same time, I'm not trying to fall on my face while I'm doing agility ladder. So it's, it's a very, very awesome way and a new way of kind of working out, which I think, you know, should be more integrated in more of your, you know, traditional exercise routine because it really just trains other parts of your body that mm -hmm. you just haven't well, really worked it makes, on. This is why I like it. Make sure you're present. Right. It makes sure you're there in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm when I'm working with someone, I'm always looking at how their feet are landing in terms of movement, mm -hmm. um, how their knees are, are holding up, and to see if their mind is actually there with us. Because right. before I progress them and move them into a more difficult um, or a more challenging motion or movement, I want to make sure they're there. Because again, my thing is, I don't like injuries. Well, no one does. Right. right? But it's just, I hate being on the shelf. Right. Because I was on for way too long with the, you know, I've had so many meniscus tears. I've had one in this knee, two here, and mm -hmm. then, like I said, the quad. So, from my learning from those experiences, my thing is be present. Make sure you're here. And I'm sure you, you have the same thing as you're working with your clients. You right. have some people who probably come in and they're just not yeah. really feeling, wanting to be there. And they're just, they're not paying attention. Right. Well, doing these sorts of movements, you really have to you pay have attention. To. Yeah. Or you're going to be flat on your face. Gotcha. So what, do you, so what do we expect in the near future in terms of, you know, um, with your project? Well, um, bringing together more aspects of health and fitness. Before, everything was really focused on the ball. It's, they call it the BCF2 because it's a 2.2 pound weighted ball. Very cool. And if you remember, it has a tactified surface. Yes. So you can, it allows for easier manipulation in the hands. Mm -hmm. So most of my movements and workouts were just centered and focused on the ball, but there are just so many other aspects of the different workouts and programs that I've been involved in. Right. But I wanna bring all of these things together in terms of um, nutrition, balance, um, the mind-body connection. So I'm really moving into an all-encompassing, almost lifestyle, if you will, sort of, um, program for people that's very cool yeah. so you know if we wanted to you know get our hands on the ball or even just learn more about you and you know your the ball control fitness program um where can we reach you and where can some of our viewers and listeners come and find you well my main platform right now is instagram mm -hmm. uh, you can find me at ltg fitness 06 and uh at ball control fitness all together perfect you can find me there too awesome well it was a pleasure having you you know on the show today i think you've you know explained so much about your life and thank you for sharing with your journey again with low back pain very prevalent with some of our listeners and our community that we have and very inspiring again just you know someone that's been through such you know such amount of pain and you know even at an you know an early an earlier phase of their life and then again later in their later years of life and you're you're crushing it man running marathons oh, and looking trying making all these 20 year olds like you know <laughs> look like scrubs but you know I, I think you know you're such an inspiration to a lot of people with back pain and it's just not it's more than what people think and I think you're doing a great job for, for the community in terms of just having people believe in themselves and just if you're making the right decisions and making the right modifications, you really can just can't take control of your life and take control of your pain. Well, that's the key. And I mean, you really have to be motivated. I'm right. going to give you this one yeah. example. Nope. I was at a, a, a different gym, not the one I met you at. Mm -hmm. And like I said, people would come up to me and ask me about my experiences. They would hear that like, this guy had this, this guy had that. So this one, she was an older woman, um, senior, let me just say that. But you know, she's 
I remember seeing her around and she was moving really well. Yeah. And then one day I just saw she was kind of like limping, right? In the gym and then had on this knee brace. And she came, she came up to me, she goes, excuse me, um, I heard you had a, a knee issue and a back problem. I said, yeah, I, I had the meniscus tear. She goes, well, I have that too. And so um, she wanted to find out the sort of things that I did to overcome mm -hmm. my problems. So we started working together and she was progressing, you know, it was, we were doing balancing, you know, a lot of strengthening of the legs because of the meniscus right. tear. And I said to her, cause she still kept telling me she was in pain. She was feeling pain. And I'm like, Mary, I said, well, you know, let's, let me ask you something. How's your diet? She goes, oh, well, you know, my diet's pretty good. Everyone says her diet's pretty good. <laughs> I said, well, do you drink alcohol? And she kind of looked at me. She goes, well, I like wine. I said, why don't you do this? Cut out the wine for seven days. Because what I noticed is she should have been getting, now I'm not a doctor, right? I've never looked at her MRI, never asked her for the report, and I wouldn't really know what to do with that. Right. All I knew was how she was performing with what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But it just seemed something was amiss. So I asked her that question, and. She said, I said, why don't you cut it just for a week and see what the change is? Because you're really doing well with all these other things, but every now and then you'll tell me like, you know, in the evening or something, you know, you feel the heat on your knee. And she goes, well, I really enjoy it. Right. I'm like, right. I guess why I say this is some people don't want to do what is required to get them to a certain point. Mm -hmm. And a small change in your diet can have a huge effect on your body right and just give it seven days to try and see if removing or adding something and see how your body responds to it it's not the end of the world you have the rest of your life <laughs> i mean not that's the way i look at it so i'm like you know what i don't need the salt i don't need the sugar right no right? cut I it see if see if there's a change my mother was a diabetic she had high blood pressure um, a lot of health issues and unfortunately a lot of them were tied to diet mm -hmm. lack of exercise I don't have those issues uh, fortunately and you know a lot of people talk about how family history yeah it does play a role but a lot of that role is what you ate and drank yeah and what you would drink as as a kid and how you grew up so you grow up you eat those same things that were in your house as you're an adult so I don't necessarily want to say that if you changed your lifestyle you would have a different outcome but why not see why not try it? Yeah, and see what happens. You know, it's hard yeah. because we're used to the things that we ate when we were kids. They were, you know, it's comforting, brings back good memories. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that, that's a little message I, I wanted to leave because I do think making those sorts of changes can have a huge effect on, on your overall health and how you perform. I mean, I love the way I feel when my diet is clean and right. straight. I mean, I'm like, I'm on fire. That's and awesome, I love man. that. And it's not caffeine. Mm -hmm. It's not just eating the right way. And right. You right just thing. Yeah. feel better. If I eat too much in the, like a big pasta meal, the next morning, no, I'm not energized because I'm not, <laughs> I didn't need to eat all that to go run a marathon. Right. Actually, you probably shouldn't eat that much pasta. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel it the next morning. So I kind of like test these things out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I went, um, 
before the Berlin Marathon, I didn't drink coffee for like eight months. And people were shocked. I remember our friend, we were, my wife and I were in Berlin afterwards, and the, the guy, he loves coffee, who, the guy we were staying with. And he's like, Levon, you don't drink coffee? I go, no. He goes, what? Shock, yeah. He was just like shocked because he, you know, knew about all of my training and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, am I drinking coffee now? Yeah, maybe three, four times a week, but it's not a staple. Uh, so yeah. anyway, I change. I, I, I like to experiment to see how my body responds. And now I'm sure I'm going to be cleaning up some other things. Yeah, right? I think I think that's a amazing kind of last pearl that you can leave with a lot, you know, a lot of viewers. Just you know, just see that modification, see if it helps. Because if something you're doing consistently isn't changing, then maybe it's time to try something different. All right, guys. On that note, um, I want to thank you for listening to us. Thank you, Levon, for thank being you. on the show with us. And um, where can we find you guys again? On Instagram, it's at ltgfitness06. Mm -hmm. You can find me also at. Uh, uh, at Ball Control Fitness altogether awesome. on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you again so much for being on the show, and hopefully you see more with Ball Control Fitness and you in the future. All right. Thank there you. Go, man. Thank you for joining us today and listening to the iHealth Podcast. Visit us at ironhealth.co for resources and more information about us. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at ironhealth.co. Stay healthy and keep moving.